Also, and I will say it, even though we've already brought it up, I do think you do not need to be watching Extraction 2 coming out on June 16th. We didn't don't need tell me what to do. I we, don't want your we, life, we, okay? We, Hello and welcome to episode number 503 of the podcast. I'm your host, Max Boy, And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to the lifeful idiocy, and we're committed to educating you on things entertained but do not matter. To find out more about these prognosticative pursuits, killed it. Yep. Check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the podcast, and we're on Twitter at podcastpod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be doing the greatest episode of the year, according to only me, only previewing you. summer movies. <laughs> but before we do that, you guys, are you subscribed to Note for the Audio, our weekly newsletter? Last week, we featured 10 items Knox purchased and loved the most. Listen, I ordered some of that little turkey you talked about. It's good. I just had some for lunch. It's delicious. I saw a lot of people were into the ear cleaner. It has nothing to do with my work, but I was like, look, this is dope. Yeah, this is incredible. No, it's very, very. And so we'll include Knox's list. We'll include a link to that issue in the show notes in case you weren't already subscribed. But this week, we crafted a small summer reading guide from our Green Lights archives of almost... 300 favorite books from the past 10 years. We handpicked books that are perfect by the pool or at the beach or my preference inside in the AC as St. Benjamin Franklin intended. So simply click the link in the show notes or head over to knoxandjamie.com slash newsletter to sign up. There are 22,000 folks who get this every week. Do not miss out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, Jamie, it's time to preview the summer movie slate. You know, I, I mentioned the top, and I feel like we talk about this every time we do it. I love this episode. You, like, this is this is a mental toughness episode for you. Can it, you explain a little bit of why that is? Well, because we do two things in it that are painful. First, mm-hmm. we try to predict movies we haven't even seen, that we've literally seen two minutes of their footage, and That's decide right. if they're going to be amazing or not. And then we also, in this episode... Go look back on our summer movie preview from the year before, and I realize how bad I am at this actual task. It's not true. It's not true. I th- if you want, we can just play like technical difficulties music over all the review <sighs> on how we did. No, I don't want that because you also failed some, and so I want to uh, I want wow. to highlight that as well. Not much. Wow. You didn't fail much, but you failed yeah. in a couple that are worthy of us really spending some time there. So. Okay, I was trying to make you feel better, and you just went for the jugular, and that's okay. That's all no, right. I do. I, I, I think the audience enjoys. Although I, I probably there's a component of you listen to this. You should probably trust Knox more than you trust me because I will say to be fair. I think I have mediocre taste in theater movies because I am, I get romanticized by the mm-hmm. icy and the popcorn and 100%. the comfy seat. I get romanticized by that. 
You, on the other hand, I think are like still like a critic's critic. Like you are really trying to think through all the elements of is this good? Is this not? I'm like, oh, my popcorn was extra buttery. <laughs> Listen, I don't think that's true at all. I think I've gravitated to your side because I. Now for streaming movies, you're suck. You, your uh, taste has started to suck. Truly. It's real bad. It's real <laughs> bad. But I acknowledge that. I sat through Dungeons and Dragons before the draft uh, uh, this past weekend. <gasps> that movie and, was uh, Because I, I had a window and I was like, man, I should do this. I should, I should check it out. I checked it out. It's like, I don't know why we needed that, but I love that experience. You loved that was a wonderful it because experience. that was excellent. It was an excellent movie and it yeah. didn't need to be any more than it tried to be. And I was like, who's this for? I don't care. I loved it. It was I great. I, it's fantastic. It's Thank excellent. you. Give me more of that, please. Yes. So um, maybe the takeaway is trust Aaron over both of us. No, because... that's absolutely <laughs> wow, not right. No, very spicy. That cannot be. That cannot be correct. Here, I will say I did watch. I started watching Citadel. Because we got screeners. So I'm actually five episodes in. And the whole time I'm like, Knox would love this. He would love okay. the chaotic, chaotic energy. Listen, here's what I did. Show. I started Citadel. Or Citad- I think you're no, saying say Citadel. It. I'm calling it Citadel. Because that's how, that's how I've learned to say it. And right. there's no going back anymore. I started it. And it goes close in. Priyanka Chopra Jonas's butt. Yes. And I was like, I got to say this. I got to say this. I'm not mentally ready for what this is yet. Not in a weird way. Just in a, wow, this is going to be a weird choice kind of TV show. So I backed yeah. off. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's probably it's, it's exciting to hear. Okay. So we're going to talk summer movies. We're going to uh, help you make your decisions because now more than ever, going to the movies is a time commitment and a money commitment. So we want to honor your time. We want to honor your money. Um, and we want to help you live your best in a life. So um, briefly, we're going to talk about some some rules and motivations you should have going to the theater. We've we talk about this uh, a lot, but it feels uh, like important to revisit these things as we do these movie preview guides. Um, for me, when you're deciding on whether or not to see a movie, um, it's important to know yourself. You know, to thine own self be true, right. and to understand the things you're looking for. So, um, uh, try to identify a genre that, like a genre staple that you like. Do you like zombies? Do you like heist movies? I like cargo pant all-star movies. Is there going to be extraction <laughs> too with Chris Hemsworth? Yeah. Is that something I should spend my time do- watching? No. But am I going to watch it? Yeah. Because are, he's wearing Is he going to green pants. light it? Yes, oh, probably. of course I'm going to green light it. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Even I, like uh, Jason Waterfalls told me that Ghosted is horrible. It may be the worst movie he's ever seen. And I just felt emboldened to watch it and just give it a big, nasty green light, you know, just because <sighs> – I like cargo pant movies, and that's yeah. just how it is. Um, is there an actor that you like particularly like? For me, obviously, it's Double V. We got Glenn Powell. We got Licky Stanfield. These are people I'm going to always see. Um, is there a supporting uh, actor that you like? All these elements are reasons to see the movie. So you don't uh, – even if we say it's not going to be good in this preview, if it contains any of those things that you like – you have the literal green light to go see that movie and check it out. Another way uh, to identify movies you're going to like, who directed, who wrote it, who produced it. Um, we have a list of directors, Jordan Peele, Chloe Zhao, Ryan Johnson, Barry Jenkins, uh, David Fincher, uh, people like that, Greta Gerwig. If they've written it, I'm going to – or if they direct it, I'm going to go see it. There's also screenwriters like that. And if you pay close enough attention to the kind of movies you like and um, who is behind the writing of that, that's a great list to keep. And then lastly, production studio. Honestly, Jamie, I don't know if you're different. I'm uh, really just – it's A24. Yeah. That's who kind of gets an automatic green light. They'll do some weird stuff like the – I don't know. the Joaquin Phoenix, like Bo is – Bo is a weirdo or whatever that movie is. Bo is where, afraid. Sure. Yeah. I, and I'm like, it's A24, so I'll give it the benefit of the doubt, but I don't want to see that, so it's okay. But it almost has a full green light for me as no, well. No, and me as well, for sure. And I think it's important for uh, people to identify production houses, even though I don't know 
that maybe that's as reliable. So maybe it's just A24. So um, is there anything that you wanted to add in terms of like rules to live by for movies, Jamie? Well, I think one of the things is if you are going to the movies this summer at all, and I think you should, you should go all the time. There's so many movies that are going to be kid appropriate all summer long. Obviously, you need to be a part of a movie theater loyalty program. Knox recently talked about going through the Chick-fil-A. He read that having to talk to people in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru line. And we were all shocked and dismayed that he's not just handling everything in the app. Like we just mm. didn't understand why he's trying to pay an actual person named Austin who's like standing by a fake lectern under a fan. Yeah. In- it's my kid's fault. That's what it is. It's not your boy's choice. It's right. your kid's fault. Okay? I get it. So, but don't do that. Like you want to be mm-hmm. in a loyalty program. All of them have them. AMC, Cinemark, Regal, Alamo Draft House. They all have these programs and there's no reason. Like I make AMC regret approving me for the A-list because I'm going to take advantage of it so aggressively. And weirdly, if you want to have a little bit of like, am I living a bougie life? When you get to go in your own line and you get to look at the plebes that are standing there with their seven kids because they didn't sign up for AMC because they can't because who can afford seven of those loyalty memberships? Mm. I get it. But no matter, that's my best tip about going to the movies. And again, as always, as I have said in the 10 years that we have been making this podcast, do not... Under any circumstances, take off your shoes at the movie. This is not your living room. No. Don't take off your shoes on an airplane. Do n- unless you are in like an overnight red eye and you have on socks. Okay, I will allow it if we're having to sleep through the night. But otherwise, absolutely do not take off your shoes in the theater. I get that some of you are like, oh my god, I made this blanket in college in my sorority, and it's one of those that's like we tied the ends together and it's got no. fringe, and I bring it in and like, no, no, don't take off. It your has shoes. no business being at Fast X or Fast and the Furious Twelve. It does not need to be that. That's ridiculous. Have you budged on your feeling that you shouldn't bring in like Thai food or a fifteen foot Subway sandwich? To oh, eat, are like you asking me? Do I think Aaron shouldn't stop at Publix and pick up? <laughs> a charcuterie from yeah. the uh, bakery, Aaron? Well, I don't get my charcuterie at the bakery, Jamie. I get wow. it at the deli. Wow. The deli. That's right. Well, they're right next to each other. It's bakery no, deli. They no, st- absolutely. They were. They both got on, they've all got on hairnets. They're working both they sides. Do. You're exactly right. Listen, she just charcuterie stunted on you, Jamie. That's right. That was ridiculous. Flat out. Listen, the best part is she brings in an egg. Like, she's also, like, very frugal because of the influence of her husband on her. And so she'll also bring in, che- like, uh, cheese. What are they called? The long string, string, string cheese. I don't eat wow. children's food. Anyway. <laughs> Um, oh, that's rich coming from Chicken Finger Queen. <laughs> I know. I know. You exclusively eat chicken. I do love <laughs> chicken nuggets. I you do love chicken tenders all the time. I do love chicken tenders. Listen, I do just want to go back and say, you said uh, it's the cheese with the string. What is it? And like, that is, that's really It doesn't really even good. have a string. It's not like a cheese tampon. That's not even what it is. But you it choose looks to like, make the string. To be honest, yeah. it looks like a cheese tampon. It does. But she <sighs> will get the like double XL like value from Costco and bring the whole thing in doesn't pull out just the n- amount of string cheese she needs. She's like, no, I might, I might end up needing 10 of these during this movie. Yeah, Sometimes you got to ride the string cheese wave. You don't know how much that's, it could be a small wave, could be a big wave. Who it's knows? so true. You know? I just want to honor the policies. I do not want to have to make a teenager. Oh my gosh. Listen, this I don't want the woman listen. who took a picture of the Magna Carta at the British <laughs> Museum. No, no, that's different. I'm not stealing any <laughs> I money. I want to honor listen, the policies. For the, for the record, the British the, monarchy. the British stole most of the things in that museum and never gave them back. So I think it's fine that I take a photograph with my non-flash iPhone. I just think it's fine. 
do so are we living in a world where like teenagers are empowered to bust people for bringing in food i've just never i've not seen that anywhere in my theaters well you know? well i'll tell you it's the tracy flicks of the gen z and they exist because listen they're all over tiktok right now becoming boomers by being like look i can do whatever i want because i paid for it i can do what i want because i paid for it and i'm like gen z calm down what are you doing you're not boomer. don't become boomers in front of us like you're disgusting you got to compress it. It's too fast. It's happening too fast. Um, yeah. So other than that, you know, I, I did put together just a, a quick stay frosty manifesto. One of the categories we're going to talk about, we're talking about winners, we're talking about losers. We have a stay frosty category that I realized last year, you guys had no idea what I was talking about when I said stay frosty. You didn't know what it meant. Do you remember what it means now? No. And I'll be honest with you, as I was Great. reviewing the movies from 2022, I kept looking for a movie called stay frosty. How wow. did it do? And I was like, oh no, that's a category. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a there thing is a movie that Knox called, has said to me well, for to be eight fair, years. There is a movie called Stay Frosty that Idris Elba has optioned the rights for. So I'm just saying there it exists in the world. Is it about Frosty the Snowman? Because that'd be amazing. No, it's not. No, it's about it's about a heist. You, but you'll still love it. It's a heist. Okay, see, that's great. So Stay Frosty just means be be ready, be prepared, because things could go good or things could go really yes. bad. So that's all that means. So that in honor of that, um, we're gonna we're gonna create a Stay Frosty manifesto. Couple rules, maybe we'll add to it as we go. You know, throughout the years, um, if there are more than four writers credit on a movie, Stay Frosty. Oh, okay, you just got to yes. watch out because that's not a good sign. If all the reports about a movie are talking about the issues plaguing production both on and off the set, stay frosty because yes. that's the equivalent of seeing a couple renew their vows in Hawaii. It's hanging by a thread. It's probably not going to work. They're going to divorce okay? in a year, y'all. They're going to divorce. That's right. If you haven't seen any marketing for the movie or one of the stars in it was recently canceled or is currently being canceled, stay frosty because that thing's not going to fly. Oh, that's you good. Know? That's good. Uh, if Morgan Freeman, Sam Jackson, Pete Davidson, and Will Ferrell are involved individually <laughs> or all together – Stay frosty. You think out. it's more valuable if they're all together? Like, do you think Ooh. it the odds go up or do you think the odds actually go down? I think it, act, man, I don't know. I could go way down or could be through the roof. It all depends on like the, 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 the vehicle or the project. Um, another one, if Alec Baldwin's in it, everyone should watch out. Everyone. Everybody Audience, in, everybody crew, in the crew, actors. Yes. Yeah. If it's a new chapter of a franchise that didn't need a new chapter, stay frosty on that. Um, <gasps> oh, no. if, if it's a big budget movie with mostly young and trendy names or past their prime actors, or story premise that even a two-year-old would understand, stay frosty because that's a beach house movie. We talk a lot about beach house movies. These are movies that are like, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is an important but almost retired man, and he has to defend the White House when a spontaneous <laughs> but important space war breaks out. Trouble is, the Secret Service and the military are all at space camp for the week, and they can't help him. So he has to rely on a scrappy group of new recruits played by Pete Davidson, Adele, Dak Prescott, that guy who made everyone so mad about the Bud Light stuff, Anna Dara Moss, Jack Arlo, Jack Harlow's twin played by Jack Harlow and the villains Nick Cage. That's a beach house movie. Everyone's getting paid and it's not going to be a good story. I know, but I do kind of want to see that movie. Dak Prescott, what? He's a good actor. I mean, who knows? He's really good in a house that's commercial. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, so exactly. We can, we can find out. But every, most importantly, everybody gets paid. So you got to watch out for the beach house movies. So that's our manifesto. Let's go to last year's movies set 2022. Jamie, can you tell us how we did? Okay. So we had a category called no doy, no doy, which was just, uh, we thought it was going to be like, this movie will be really successful. But sure. I like that in that episode, you clarified that a no doy could be a great movie, or it could just be a movie that will make a lot of money. That's right. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read all our no doys all at once. And okay. let me tell you, they fell into the ladder of that category. Mm. Out of the gate was Dr. Strange. What a horrible film that was. Okay. The no doy for June was Lightyear and Jurassic World Dominion. Both Ooh. not great. Like no. Jurassic World for sure. Very bad. My really mother bad. loved it, but only Jan loved it. Yeah. 
And then the note away for July was uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Although I will say, after a rewatch of Love and Thunder, back colon Thor, I uh-huh. liked it. I liked it I more the it. second like, watch. I think the attitude was like anti-Taika Waititi all yes. of a sudden. And for no, like in a vacuum, I feel like if you'd watched that two years ago, everybody would have loved that movie. So I don't, I didn't understand. I, I think it's because, Taika, when you leave your your wife and the mother of your children for Rita Ora, yeah, don't so that you can make TikToks, Come on. I just think people aren't always going to be on your team. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to be on your team. Okay, but let's go back to, we said at the winners, you said that Top Gun will be the biggest box office movie of all time. You know, you're wow. pretty close. It is okay. number 12. Um, but it's weirdly behind Furious 7. I just had no concept. That those fast movies keep like making that kind of bank, which we'll get to you. You also said that Innocence, because you like creepy children, that was 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then you really went hard for men. Do you stand by that with Jesse Buckley? Uh, no, never no. actually saw it. I was no. like, I, I just like, was this going to be a fun hang? Is this what I'm going for tonight? And I never said yes. No, so. it's never yeah. a fun hang. You said that the losers would be down in Abbey. How dare you? It was not a loser. 86% critics, 97%. In my heart, I wow. loved it. Listen, it was dumb, but I loved it. Firestarter. Like how does fast? How do the fast movies make a lot of money? A lot of stupid people out there. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. I don't say about that. Down is very stupid, and I love it. <laughs> Firestarter. You said would be a loser. I said it would be great. I did watch it. It is not great. You were right. Mm. One of the points you made was when the girl goes liar, liar, pants on fire in the yeah. trailer. That should be a sign that this is not going to be a good film. Yeah. So in our May Stay Frosty, you recommended Emergency, which actually is a fantastic film. It is yeah, excellent. That's that's actually really, really it's so good. good. And Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, also very good. Like an, So much. That was a super fun movie. I th- fun. Honestly, I thought that was four years ago. Didn't realize that was last year. That was Holy last cow. year. And then I recommended the Bob's Burgers movies, which you kept explaining that TV shows don't need a movie. They don't. And I loved Bob's Burgers, and it was excellent. 88 and 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. So it Look was excellent. Okay, in June, uh, the winners, I this was my month I was responsible for. I said Elvis, and weirdly, I was excited about Tom Hanks, and yet he did ruin that movie, like 100%. Yeah, yeah and, he did. But it was a success in terms of Austin Butler. Like, Austin Butler's he not He was really good, and then we had a whole, like, season of conversation of, like, is he trying to sound like Elvis? Is he in, like, will he announce that he's sounding like Elvis? Are we okay with him sounding like Elvis? And I feel like we ran the gamut of emotions with him. And then he's never that. stopped sounding like Elvis. So yeah. we just had yeah. to live with it. And then Cha Cha Real Smooth, I thought would be a winner. It was a winner in my heart. And it did, it did really well. It's on Apple if you want to watch it. The losers, I like that as well. The losers were uh, Crimes of the Future because I just don't like Cronenberg at all. That's a perfect example yeah. of like when you have an, a creator that you're just like, I don't think so, but thank you. That's, it's not for me, but thank me. you. And I do wish you luck. Did you watch his son's uh, movie with Alexander Skarsgård and the the creepy girl who never has Mia eyebrows? Goth. Mia Goth. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, that's right. I'm so glad I got that because that's the creepiest girl in Hollywood right now. That's well done by you because I gave you <laughs> nothing to work with. I gave right. you nothing to work that's, with. That's exactly right but i was like it must be mia goth that's a weird that's a very weird movie He's and a, it's like it's a it, it comes by it honestly i guess that's right and then i said a loser would be j-lo's documentary halftime and guess what that's a great documentary i loved it it was excellent like, behind the scenes it's a great documentary the, it, it's really good i mean it's not you know it's not dear zachary obviously sure but it is it is excellent it is as good because i said how dare her try to be like beyonce at coachella sure. but i actually think it is a really interesting uh, behind the scenes of prepping for the Super Bowl, which listen, well, I will tell you, I love a behind the scenes of how, like, it, all I want in life is to figure out what is Taylor doing during the day as she is prepping to go do the Aeros tour. And that, so Aaron and I had a lot of thoughts about, like, 
what was happening. We talked about it in the more you know about our experience at the Air Store, but like I just I wanted to know what's like who does she talk to the dancers? Does she eat with anybody? Does she even no. know who's opening for her? There's no way she knows Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. There's no way. My theory is she just rides a Peloton in the mirror and stares at herself and then she gets um, off and she That feels very Enneagram 3-ish. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? Yes. Um, and, and then our Stay Frosty was Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, which yeah. was excellent. That was pretty good. That was good. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. excellent. Oscar nominated, That's I believe. That's huh? That's exactly right. And then the Black Phone, which we had a discussion about. Like, And I was like, I just think it's going to be good. And it was excellent. It was creepy AF. Yeah. But it was an excellent horror film. It was strange that they made him look like Michael Jackson. And it just was. It was. You know? No, that's fair. But that's it felt on brand for the plot, if you know. Wow. You know. I know. Wow. That's fine. Is that a too soon? Or it was it too, too, no, too it's real. not too soon. He did it. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Okay. And then July, our winners were Nope. And this, I liked what you said about Nope. You said, this movie might be trash, but I would rather this fail, fail than see another Marvel film succeed. Yeah, that's a good word, man. I remember <laughs> saying that, but I agree with that. No, it you know? fit. And then you went hard right after that for Where the Crawdads Sing. Okay. Um, did you like Where the Crawdads Sing? I actually did enjoy it. Yeah. I actually did enjoy that. Yeah. I do think it's a good movie. At the time, I realized we, because I was like, Delia Owens is sketchy. And in that episode, you were like, why? And I was like, because of game hunting. And I made it seem like she was hunting animal. I meant to be clear. She was game hunting game hunters. Her husband sure. murdered a man who was a game hunter. Yeah. And they're now no longer allowed to go back to the continent of Africa because they have an order to be denied to the police for that murder. So again, and which, if you've seen Where the Crawdads Sing, it makes a lot of sense. You it makes it I mean? very interesting. There's some synchronicity there that I don't know about. Now, is, is Where the Crawdads Sing a good movie? No, I don't think it's a good movie. You know, movie. it's probably one of the most diverse Rotten Tomato scores because the critic score is 34 and the audience score is 96. Okay. Yeah, I think it's – I think it's um, actually probably somewhere in the middle. It's a, it's an enjoyable experience. It really falls apart at the end when two people age at such rapid – Right. Like one person ages like a mountain, which is to say not at all, and right. the other person ages like a dog, you know? And it's just – it was a little distracting. It was but, tough. And then yeah. I went hard in saying that a winner of July would be the gray man. I was the Ooh. most excited. And you – did uh-huh. you green like the gray man? I think I did. I think yeah. I felt very bombastic and I did Red Notice and The Gray Man and I will apologize to only God and even then I won't. Okay. Listen, here's what I figured and this is why this is important. When we're talking about Citadel, which is on Amazon, which I love that Amazon Or Citadel. Like, we don't Citadel. know how to cover So Citadel yeah. starring Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, and uh-huh. Dick Madden. Yep. And the Tooch. Okay. The Tooch. Yeah. Listen, Chewing up some scenes God. in the 30 seconds here's I watched. The, here's the commonality between The Gray Man and Citadel. Produced by the same pair of brothers, yeah. the Russo brothers, is that they are trying to make spy movies funny. Uh-huh. And here's what I'm going to say. The spy genre, which I love the spy genre. It's one of my yeah. favorite genres of film. Here's the thing. You can either be super serious or ridiculous. So you can either yeah. be spy. like uh-huh. with, with Melissa McCarthy. With Melissa McCarthy. Uh-huh. Or you can be James Bond. But there isn't a r- little r- – there's not a lot of room for like – a weird aside funny moment as like the Marvel movies where you can, I think you can do it because there is a moment in this where Dick Madden literally said, this is not a spoiler. He literally says to Priyanka Chopra, I am a spy. I'm a baddie. I am a hot, hot spy. I'm a hot spy. And I was like, what? And that was so out of tone for what had happened in the previous 10 minutes. I was like, Mm -hmm. is this them just trying to punch up a script at the last minute? 
Oh, punch up tough. means trying to get better. And what you just said was not better. No, or they good. did not. No, they did not. So, and then the losers, you had picked Bullet Train. How do you feel about okay. that now? I didn't like Bullet Train. Yeah. I didn't like it. No, all. and most people didn't like Bullet Train. I did say that Bad Bunny was really hot. And you like, was Bad Bunny really hot? And I was like, Bad Bunny is super hot. Now he's less hot because of Kendall Jenner, but mm. he's still super hot. And okay. then the Stay Frosty was Don't Make Me Go, which <laughs> you liked because you were like, I know it's not like a dad light vibe because it's about a dad who has a brain tumor. And John Chu. Yeah. John Chu. And you like him a lot. Like, yeah, he's as great. an actor. But that movie, did you watch it? No, I'm not going to watch that. You can't. No, ever, no you're, you're not going to watch that. It was crazy. Not, it was not great. And then my, I recommended the Stay Frosty for my old school, which was that documentary where the director does his own high school reunion. So oh, they that's often right. I yeah. talk about the unusual student. And then Alan Cumming, he lip syncs the dialogue because the uh-huh. guy wouldn't agree to be on camera. And it's actually, it's top notch. I loved it. So it's really good. So that we did okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm not going to criticize us. I'm going to criticize the the landscape of movies. Maybe they were problematic. Fair. Good call. You that's what, what I mean? we'll do. Yes. We're exactly. just trying to make uh, a, a really good dinner with terrible ingredients. So um, I think this year, you know, was there any, you kind of mentioned a, a couple things before we started recording. What, what, what was the big takeaway from like the slate of movies that you saw for the next three months? Oh. Like, what was the organizing thing for you? Look, to me, it's either very quiet indie films mm-hmm. that are doing something really unique and different and featuring actors that we are not as familiar with, mm-hmm. or it is the big tentpole IP, like number three, number seven, number 10, number yep. whatever, you know? So it's like you, there's nothing or remakes. There is not a lot in the middle. Like you either have to find the indie films or the smaller films, or you have to freaking get on board for Fast X. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think that's a, a good breakdown. It's either like all of the top 50 most famous celebrities on IMDb right now or a bunch of people you've never seen before and you don't know who they are. I did notice also, it feels like there was, um, for the first time maybe, maybe we'll discuss it, um, Signs of Life from the comedy slash maybe yes. more comedy than romance genre. So I was I was encouraged I'm to hopeful. see a little bit yeah. of that. You know, This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dust you in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars themed collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair. And support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code POP. 
This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Olive and June. As a longtime user of Olive and June and as the chairman and co-founder of the We Don't Wear Open Toad Shoes If Our Feet Are Not Presentable Club, I don't think we talk enough about their petty system. Listen to me. Now, the weather is getting warmer. I know you're going to be tempted to go out without just like even acknowledging your winter feet. Maybe need to just have a little buff. You know what I mean? And I'm going to need you to stop right now and order a petty system immediately. Like their Manny system, Olive and Jean's petty system comes with everything you need to get those feet ready and presentable without the hassle of going to a salon, including the Posey, which is this brilliant footstool that opens up and you can use it to store everything in. It also comes with a smoothing foot file and hydrating foot serum, which are both mandatory if you ever plan to be around me with your toes on display. I just love how generous they are. And they just sent us the quick dry spring collection and the Kalazog. Gina, they truly have the best shades, whether you like bright colors, pastels, or neutrals. The Kitten Quick Dry is my go-to neutral shade, but if I'm in the mood for something fun, I've been reaching for Flamingo, which is this bright coral pink shade that is just perfect for spring. Just like their regular polishes, the Quick Dry are super long-lasting, and the best part is they dry in just about a minute. I'm as obsessed with the Quick Dry for doing my pedicures as I am with the tab press-ons for my manis because they are so quick and easy and give the best results every single time. Visit oliveandjean.com slash podcast for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-O-P-C-A-S-T for 20% off your first system. So the weather's getting warmer and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. But y'all know how I value quality and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down, big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash podcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash podcastpod. 
Um, okay, so let's go ahead. Let's get into May and let's talk about some prospective winners we got. So I think the first one, it has to be The Little Mermaid. Although, I w- I'm going to be honest you got to qualify that. you got to explain I, what that means by winning well, because I think it's going to be a spicy one. Listen, The Little Mermaid, we've been waiting on this film and thinking about this film and thinking about Halle Bailey as The Little Mermaid for mm-hmm. literally what feels like 18 months. And it comes out May 26th in the theaters. And at first, when we got that first, we like cried. We watched little girls watching that trailer and them crying and them being like, oh, and it was magical. It was magical. Because I think if anything is true about here here at the podcast, I think we've done a, an intentional job of talking about how important it is to see yourself reflected on screen, no matter who you mm-hmm. are. However, now that we have gotten some more footage, I do have some concerns. First of all, what's Flounder's deal? His, it, his insurance clearly has denied the prescription he needs for whatever is ailing him. Because Ooh. he does not look well. Like he kind of looks look. like one of the little kids from The Simpsons, you know? Like the, is oh, it Millhouse? Yeah. I don't know yes, if that's his name. Yes. But it's not good. He, it's bad. He looks, unfortunately, uh, He definitely sickly. gets allergy shots. And I'm saying that as someone who gets allergy <laughs> shots. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the sisters, we got, and the internet got this right. They said that the... That, Ariel's sisters look like a photo shoot from America's Next Top Model from 2007 (laughs) because uh, Tyra Banks always made those women get underwater and do an underwater photo shoot. And that is exactly – these women look so boring and model-like. It is not interesting. So, you know, look, Rob Marshall, who is doing – he's directing this film. He has a history of making a lot of money, but I'm not always making a really good film. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think that's what's going to happen. This movie is going to be a film that makes a ton of money, and I'm glad it was made. But I don't think we're going to look back and go, God, do you remember 2023 when The Little Mermaid came out and it changed our lives? Like, yeah. I don't think for the for the most of us, is that going to be the case? I think Halle Bailey will kill it, but I think all the players, I think... I just I and the Lin Manuel Miranda new lyrics. I don't think people are gonna like that either. Yeah. You know, I just well, don't know. I'm taking a shot at Lin Manuel was uh, minus six billion. Listen, so cash I'm that always bet, I'm everybody. always gonna do that. You know, I am. To the the Lin I think what you're saying is true because I think it, like in my notes I was I was trying to think through um, Disney live action historically is not good. Right. Just fundamentally, exactly. it's yeah. not good. No. And no one is like, like you said, are we going to look back and be like, oh, man, that was the time we got the remake of Little Mermaid. No one's really like it. it's almost set up to fail because it can't really succeed beside just imitating the cartoon, but in real life. Um, but the uh, the ability to fail is so big. And I think plus now you have the alt-right boners who are like, my Ariel's white. I can't believe this bullcrap. <laughs> right. And so that's going to be a whole texture. Uh, even though when I was thinking about it, I thought. The idea of Ariel being like an outsider and choosing to like give up her voice so she can fit in, that's a really interesting storytelling device that um, if you if you change the races or you change like even classes, I think that's a really interesting aspect. So I think in a lot of ways, I think Halle Bailey will fit better, the, uh, the Ariel oh, character. I do else. agree with that because I've always hated and I'm, I've always been clear for 10 years that I hate The Little Mermaid because sure. of all because I do think Ursula is just enforcing a contract that was rightfully signed. And yeah. I think Ariel is a garbage person who sees a guy. And is like, I'll give up every, all of my agency so that yeah. I can uh, maybe kiss him. That'd be great. And then he kisses her without her consent. It's complicated. But I do agree with you. I think that this could bring some nuance to the story that still exists. Yeah. And, and I just, I never liked Ariel because like, she looked at a fork and she's like, that's probably named a Bengal Whopper or whatever she's like. That's just not, and that's I, not again, a realistic How are they eating their food underwater? Like, are they just hand, they're just handsing it? The hand whole to time? mouth. 
Like Bryce, like farm yeah. animals? That's ridiculous. Your royalty. I, I do. I'm interested to see. I think for me, the biggest test case this will be is can Melissa McCarthy stand and deliver and not make it hammy or jokey? Can she play a straight villain it, with villainy and not like improv villainy? I'm fascinated to find that out. That's right. And then I do think the other like huge winner will obviously be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's the last in the series. This will be the sign off to these characters. Theoretically, Marvel will always pay you enough to get you to come back. So I don't buy all of that. But I do like that the focus this time is on Rocket. I did love that at uh, the premiere, Bradley Cooper walked the carpet. He did lots of interviews. He's, yeah. He doesn't normally show up for all of the because he's always like, I feel like I'm, you know, I don't belong in the group because sure. I'm, a, you know, I'm doing voice acting in this. You're like, dog, there's a character that just says, I'm Groot. And that's all he brings to the table. And he's there. He's showing up. Okay. Oh, Vin Diesel's going to show up for everything. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I like that we're getting what happened to Peter and Gamora and where she doesn't, we know that she doesn't know who he is. And yeah. And so I'm, and like, I just love, really love Dave Bautista. And so I think it's going to, and I think the re- early reviews are, it's good. It's not amazing. But it's sure. good. He probably overstuffed it. But I think that's very common in the f- the f- final of a trilogy. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think it will be a huge success. Can I ask another question? Like permission to ask a stupid question? Please. How's Gamora back? Like what happened there? Oh, how is she here with us again? She's on an alternate timeline. She's like, I'm, it's not but really But like how she get into our timeline? And this, yeah, again, the, like the I'm heart gonna, of what I'm asking. Me, stop asking me to explain the, the metaverse multiverse to you. I can't explain either of those things to you. It's a, it's a, it's a fair thing you're saying. And I realize I put you in a difficult position. I, I, I don't know if there is an explanation, honestly. I, I kind of hope that the movie's just like, F you, man, middle finger, she's here. And like, there's multiverses. If you figure it out, I don't know. Like, but Zoe just, Saldana is gorgeous and we're going to always have her back. Like, we're you, not going to murder her. You don't want her? You want more De Bautista? Like, no. blue uh, torso in your life? Th- I did notice Will Poulter. I didn't realize he's going to be in this. And I was yes. interested to see Will Poulter. I-, I think Will Poulter has Cumberbatch face syndrome, you know? Oh my gosh, he does. It's just like, a, not attractive person. But they're a, like an actor and they're famous and you're like, I guess that's attractive. And you you contour your idea of attractiveness because that person is – Well, and you're exactly right because I do think Benedict Cumberbatch is attractive because of how he moves his mouth. And I yeah. think the same is true for Will Poulter. When he moves his mouth, I'm like, I would like to spend – be closer to you right now physically. This is – I feel like there's a combination of recency bias but also situational ethics because you have just you, – what you just did – in explaining why you think Benedict Cumberbatch is hot is not true, and it's based on nothing. That's ridiculous. But you just like how dare you? It's based on what I think, and what I think matters. <laughs> I've done my research. <laughs> I just want to tell everyone, and I want to declare: if they kill off Rocket Raccoon, <gasps> I'm boycotting Marvel for two you're, years. You're you're not. Yes. I, what, what am I going to miss? Spiderman. What am I going to miss? Spiderman's coming. The one I read lit. The the movie series I read lit. No, no Spiderman no into the Spiderverse. Spiderman's and even more Spiderman's, but animated <laughs> this time. Like, no, I'm done. You will not kill off Rocket Raccoon. You should give him a standalone TV show. That's preposterous. Um, okay, let's talk about some uh, some losers. Man, I, I, this might be my favorite loser. And I almost made it a uh-huh. winner because it's so bad that it almost felt like it went all the way back around and became great again. Listen, my fingers are crossed. I hope it's what I think it is. <sighs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a little movie called Love Again. Is this... <laughs> Is did are you familiar with this? Did you oh, see this? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you familiar? Am I familiar with the movie in the poster? It says that one of the three stars is Celine Dion. That is exactly right, Jamie. <laughs> Th- thank you, thank you. The uh, uh, the brute or the uh, um, which one? The Julius Caesar of this triumvirate. Uh, this stars <laughs> Priyanka Chopra, Jonas. And this uh, stars Sam Hewen 
aka Jamie from Outlanda. Very hot. Um, it's weird to see him not in Outlander mode, but here he is nonetheless. And this is a mo- <laughs> man. I'm gonna try to explain this. So Priyanka Chopra Jonas, who in the logline says it says a young woman, and is like <laughs> we're be- playing loosey goosey with words now and meanings, aren't we? <laughs> uh, tries to erase the pain, or tries to ease the pain of her fiance's death by sending romantic text to his old cell phone number, and forms a connection with the man the number has been reassigned to, which is Sam Hewen. Uh, this is some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in my life. Honestly, this. Looks like it, it looks like an elevated Hallmark movie when I watch the trailer yeah. because everything is stupid and they rely so much on Sully Dion and Sully Dion should just be like just like really great decoration. She should not be like the heartbeat of the of the narrative uh, uh, trajectory. And it almost made me think. I want uh, Jason, if you can add some Shark Tank music. I had a Shark Tank idea of like a tier on the Hallmark Channel where you can pay a little bit more a month. And instead of nobodies and celebrity washouts um, that are like are usually in the Hallmark movies, you can get like the same stupid paint by number story and the same dopey dialogue, but with A and B list stars. Okay, you get the real stuff here. So, do you think that a mediocre script with what is probably considered really outstanding actors, do you think that elevates the script, or is it still just a mediocre script? I think a terrible script is just a terrible script. Right. And that's like that's what this movie looks like. You could put anybody on this and it sucks. But I feel like why not exploit this? You call it Hallmark Extreme, you know, and it's like Katy Perry is a big city woman who has a big corporate singing business. But when she's diagnosed with terminal <laughs> laryngitis, she goes home to die from voice loss and from sounding like Miley Cyrus when she talks. But after a chance encounter at the general store with her old singing partner played by Orlando Bloom – you know, we've yeah. got Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom in a movie. He runs a pet therapy business for people who can't make music anymore and want to die. She wonders if she can fill the silence in her life with love. And it also co-stars Air Bud, Lil Sebastian, and the shark who played Jaws. Like, I would pay extra to watch that movie instead Listen, of just like the the nobodies. Do I know? think Sebastian and the shark from Jaws are, would be friends? Yes. Yeah. For sure. But can Maybe you walk friends me with through? Bennies. Who knows? Can you, can you just walk me through real quick? I hate to get in the minutia of a plot, yeah, yeah. But can you walk me through a little bit about what a corporate singing business is? Oh, you know, it's just a business that uh, monetizes the uh, substantial growth opportunity um, <laughs> with the synergism of, you know, arts, right. but also business. And also you know, risk in that way. management. That's right. Got That's it, right. It, and it, that there, uh, uh, she has some uh, shareholders who want to do a hostile takeover, and they're played by Josh Groban and Michael Buble. And then they're named Kenny and Perry. Um, that's an homage to Kenny Perry. Just, you get that? I get it. I um, get it. Uh, so, you know, there's just layers to the story and we can do more if you want. But um, that's just kind of what I was thinking for that. I would actually that rather say, see that than love again. Thank you. Thank you. Th- yeah. like, <laughs> look, yeah. this movie's terrible. They have next to negative infinity chemistry, I think, when they're on screen together. Listen, when you have when the studio making your film is literally called Sony Pictures Releasing. Oh, yeah. That man, sounds like somebody who's throwing a fish back into the water. And I don't think you want to watch that film. That's like a sperm bank called inseminating your private parts. And you know, listen, it's like, ah. I want to honor some of the some of the Chick-fil-A moms who are listening who yeah. are going to eat this up with a spoon. Like, I recognize love it. that some of y'all are going to love this film. And you'll be like, don't, ha- don't be a hater. I love this film. And I took off my shoes. So man, I get it. It's for somebody. This might have some heat on it, but I really like Sam Hewen. I really like Priyanka Chopra. Jonas, I really actually like What's her. What's the best as a thing? Performer. What's the best thing that Priyanka Chopra Jonas has been in? Oh, um, what's the uh, the CIA TV show? Um, can you name it? Oh, can I name it? It is the place where CIA is. It is. That is right. Where is CIA? It's not not Langley, but oh. again, this guys, why I'm doing this is to explain to you that Knox thinks she's hot, and he's nope. equated that with her being a good performer. 
No, again, you just spent it's 30 Quantico. seconds. It's Quantico. It's Quantico. It is Quantico. I was never going to get that, to be honest with you. You just explained to me why Benedict Cumberduke is, is hot. You have okay? not looked close enough at his mouth. And you're not sexually attracted to his mouth like I am. I think if people on paper saw the different things we were saying, they would say one of these people is very reasonable. And one of these people, Jamie, is not very reasonable at all. Gosh, there are so many ways I could go uh, for another Biggest Loser. I'm oh, there are to... so many ways you could go, by the way. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go... I almost made this a winner, you know, in case you didn't cover it, but this probably truly is a loser and it's hypnotic. How uh, dare it's a, you. It's, of course it's a loser. God. This is uh this is a movie I didn't know about. And I you know, I did like my research, made notes, um and then, you know, ma- like made all my selections, but then just did another like once through to be like, did you miss any? You know, was there something that slid by? Hypnotic was in that it slipped by. This is Inception, but stupider. Way stupider. Inception is Tom Hanks, Hypnotic is Chet Hanks. Okay, yes. that's the best way I can explain these movies. William Fickner, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's I the do bank love manager. Fickner. Yeah, he's the bank manager in The Dark Knight who just gets like shotgunned in the face by the he's Joker. Also, he's the guy that dates Allison Janney in the TV show Mom. There, and okay, he's in yeah. a wheelchair, and he's in a wheelchair. There you go. There, he's not in this because he is a he's a mental gymnast. Do you want to explain? How he does oh. his thing in this movie, Jamie? <laughs> Listen, so Ben Affleck is a detective investigating a series of high-end heists that seem uh-huh. to defy the laws of nature, and reality is already an incredible premise for a new movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. What is William Fickner doing? He is hypnotizing people. That's right. And, and how, how do we know that? In a trailer that's like a minute 30. <laughs> well, Jamie, it's because he sits on a bench with a woman, and, sa- and he flips like a lighter. Yeah. He says, it's hot out here. And the woman says, it's hot out here. And she walks into traffic and it's freaking smashed by a bus. Smashed That's how bus. hypnotism works. Listen, Robert. Okay. So this movie is written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's right. Who was something back in the day. He did Grindhouse. Uh, he worked closely with Tarantino on a few movies. Uh, a visual artist. You know, I don't know if he was Dust Till Dawn, but I feel like think, that was the I kind of I think he might have been. Yeah. He said about the script. He said, I wrote the script back in 2002. I just never got around to it. Wow. Well, yeah. And so That's here's a, the best part of Hypnotic coming out on May 12th in theaters. Mark your, uh-huh. mark your calendars. Who, again, the, I feel like we glossed over that this is Ben Affleck. But again, yeah. this is Ben Affleck ben in this movie. Who just made air and it was a huge success. And because he's trying to pay them J-Lo bills and that Jen Garner alimony and child support yep. for Serafina yep. and Violet and Sam. Listen, the same day on Netflix comes what, Knox? What's the movie called? The Mother. Uh, the mother, the mother. By, with uh, with Jennifer Lopez in it? Yes, where she is a sh- – this is an action flick about an assassin who leaves her newborn in an attempt to protect her, only to have that estranged daughter targeted and kidnapped years later. So a I'm sorry, birth are you mom, saying it's the same kind of movie, a storyline and premise as yes, Ben Affleck's hypnotist? and Joseph Fiennes is the villain. What if it was a crossover and Joseph Fiennes was also a hypnotist? I would actually be kind of into that kind of experiment. You know, like you can watch one version. This all, I knew it was going to be bad when I went down the IMDb and it stars the mom from Secrets of Sulphur Springs. Aaron, did you guys watch Secrets of Sulphur Springs at all? No. Okay. It's on Disney Plus. It's a, it's a kind of a little mystery. But the problem is there's three seasons and they shot it over like four years. So the kids hit puberty. But it's also supposed to take place like over a weekend. So it is uncomfortable to watch the kids get old oh, and not. The, by Sunday, the kids have pubes. Yeah, pretty much. There's uh, some trash stashes going on. It's, it's not good. But that mom was the worst actor on a show with 28 children. She oh, was like no. getting blown off the screen and she's in this I'm movie. just interested in what happens on Monday after this weekend of these two movies coming out at breakfast with J-Lo eating organic fruit and Ben Affleck eating a Duncan's Dunker and yeah. them being like, so who did better this weekend? No, we both failed. We both did miserably.
I don't know that the cumulative Rotten Tomato scores of both movies will get over 82. I don't think they will. Oh, that's, we're going to, we'll, we'll circle back to that, you guys. Yeah, uh, we'll have to check May in 12, on that. We'll circle back. Do you have any Stay Frosties that you want to mention? I do actually have a couple, and it's because I've actually seen, uh, uh, I've seen one of them, okay? And mm-hmm. so the first one is The Starling Girl that comes out May 12th in the theaters. Y'all, this is by Laurel Parmet. It is, uh, <laughs> it's about a teenage girl and a married older man in a church. He says he'll leave his wife for them to be able to hook up. And I know on paper y'all are like, hey, that happens in real life, like all the mm-hmm. time. Like it's not great. And you're right, but that's the beauty of this movie. They handle that so beautifully about what it's like to grow up in a very fundamentalist home with fundamentalist parents. And it, and you could substitute any religious like concept into the, like the, what this movie is. But let me tell you, this stars Eliza Scanlon, who did not get enough credit for what she did in the Little Women remake. But she is freaking fantastic in this. It is stunning. So I highly recommend that. I have thought about that movie. Like, and it also stars uh, Lewis Pullman as the youth pastor. Ooh. And Lewis Pullman, he, he's throwing a million miles an hour in this. And then the other one, I, I haven't seen, but I'm hopeful. Is this bad that I want White Men Can't Jump on Hulu May 19th to be great? I mean, it's not bad. You're not a bad person for that, but it, I would say it's probably not the best. It's got Jack Harlow in it. He's playing the Woody Harrelson role. I would like. I would just love someone to sit me down in a very paternal way and be like, Knox, here's the deal with Jack Harlow, okay? I would like God to come down and just be like, here's why he's important because in, he in, has in a commercial with Kawhi so Leonard. So much sex appeal. So much sex appeal. In, in what way? Aaron, do you agree that Jack Har- Harlow has a lot of sex appeal? Weirdly, yes. Thank you. I don't know why. I don't. I. I don't know why. You guys. I honestly. I feel like. I, I feel like you are two people who would play Battleship and win, but have no discernible strategy on how you win. <laughs> you and the attractiveness of dudes. It's so scattershot, and there's no like organizing principle. It's and I just. Because, I'm not, no, it's I'm not, because it's not. It's, it's not charisma. about all. It's W Riz as the children That's say. Right. Like. It, it's not just about visuals. It's it's the presence. It's the vibe. It's the confidence, uh-huh. despite not being conventionally attractive. Yeah, but not. It doesn't skew over into arrogance. It's just a con. Like I'm secure in who I am, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be somebody else. That is what we're attracted to. Hypothetically, if your youngest child asked you if Joe Biden has W Riz, how would you guys answer that question? I'm not saying that happened to me. Uh, no, but it did, and he I didn't know how to answer that question. Not have W Riz. No, he did. He did. He doesn't anymore. When he rode an Amtrak, he had W Riz. He did. Guess what? No one over 70 has W Riz. Except Ooh. for like who? That's Name really one person. No. Bobby oh. D. Bobby Duvall. Bobby got D has no. W Riz. Not that's, now. That's, he does oh not. God, There's no way. There's he is no way. married to like this hot Argentinian woman. Yeah, they, no. they do dance. They dance. Listen, together. she has not seen him in an interview recently. Like, <laughs> have you seen him in an interview? Yeah, recently? he's old, but he still has W Riz. He does not. He, no one what's does. What's the difference? Listen, I, what's the difference between Robert Duvall's hotness and Jack Harlow's? Because I respect Robert Duvall's because he was in the mother of a godfather. I cannot tell you anything that Jack Harlow's listen, done. Listen, Jack Harlow's, his origin- industry baby. Listen, Jack Harlow's. <laughs> whole riz comes from chicken shop date like that moment secured him to have riz forever yeah like i don't with understand Amelia. the sentence that you just said exactly uh, the people who know know but do they are they happy they know probably not they are know. they love amelia they love amelia yeah. mm-hmm. i don't even know who amelia is i just the only amelia i know is Earhart, and i just think she did a good <laughs> job you know <laughs> It probably, you know, I don't really want to talk about Fast X, but it oh, probably, no, in I terms do. of May, we need to talk about it. No, let's probably. talk about it because I'm telling you, this is going to be a loser film and here's why. First of all, lo- I Like not- in what context? Like critically well, or financially? Listen, 
when you change directors uh-huh. in the middle of production, sure, and then you have Michelle Rodriguez come out uh-huh. and go, "Hey, by the way, I we filmed this. Me and Justin Thoreau filmed a fight, and there wasn't even a director on set, like for See, the entire time we filmed that scene." The fundamentals of what you're saying are absolutely correct. But I don't think any of this matters because I think people go and they say, do cargo fast, cargo boom, cargo high, cargo explode. Yeah. And if it does, they'll be fine. It doesn't matter. Like, did so Michelle Rodriguez connect with Justin so, Thoreau in this scene? So you're, do you feel good that Justin Lin, who had long time been the, at, the, at the head of yeah. this franchise, was just like, no more, got to go in the middle. Yeah. And then they're like, we're going to bring in a guy named Ludie Larrier, Louis Larrier, and they're going <laughs> to bring him in and they're going to be like, it's going to be great. Don't worry about it. I, I think I'd, if they brought in Kermit the Frog to do it, uh, I would feel fine about also, it. Also, why don't think is there's this a part one of two? Just end it. Because this is the finale, but they're like, no, no. The part, it's like Wicked. Like the, it's like Wicked. We have game. to film it in two parts. You also didn't have to film Wicked in two parts. Because we wa- we can sit in a theater and watch the whole thing and, on Broadway. Like, why'd you have to film it in two parts? I don't understand. There's another two-parter coming up in this episode that I'm not okay with. Uh, any other Stay Frosties? Are you going to watch Kandahar starring Gerard Butler? I already I went to Sundance and I saw it, so it got Stop a rousing it. applause. And, <laughs> As if Gerard uh, Butler would premiere a film at Sundance. No, I do. I did. I was interested I just like in the that Gerard machine. Butler's like, now I'm in the desert. Now I'm in the mountains. Now yeah, I'm at the White House. You don't know where that masculinity is going to go. It's going to show up anywhere, <laughs> bruh, wherever he wants. Uh, I, I saw the machine. Uh, no, I didn't, like, absolutely not. Absolutely Why? not. I'm, I just, I'm just interested in you mean the idea that Burt Kreischer, who does not wear a shirt, is going to put right. on a shirt for a movie. He's going to star. As Sounds real judge about someone who doesn't wear pants about and, clothing items. But I don't. I'm never going to start a comment. movie without my pants unless I was mm. paid an inadequate amount sure. on OnlyFans. I would do an it. Inadequate amount. Mark. <laughs> Mark Hamill's his dad. No. Okay. Secretly, I okay. Here's the problem. I I like the the creativity of this was like this is based on a literal true story. It's taken from a stand up. Uh, and then they depict it like with Jimmy Jimmy Tatro, who's in American Vandal. He's the young yes, version of Burt Kreischer right. when it happens. But basically, Burt Kreischer, when he was younger, he pissed off some people while studying abroad. And then him and his dad get kidnapped like later on. Like Russian uh, mobsters. Yeah, That's right. That's right. So uh, that's kind of interesting to me. I think you probably, uh, some uh, some of you, you'll either love this if you love Burt Kreischer or you'll bump on Burt Kreischer as an actor, which leaves some to be desired in the trailer. And also secretly, I think Mark Hamill's a terrible actor as well. He's so that's a, a bad terrible combo. actor. See, I always feel like I have to choose between Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer, and I always choose Tom Segura. I think, honestly, to be completely transparent and honest with you, and Jason's not going to want to hear this, uh, I was confusing both of those people as the same person. Uh, <gasps> no, they have a so, podcast together, don't they? Yeah, That is my fault. And I don't know that I'll... It's my new Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. I just... I'm never going to get that oh, right. Oh, it's so tough. Just deal it's with that, tough. Um, okay, let's go to June. Uh, we'll talk about some winners in June. The, June was interesting because there is quite a lot of different kinds of movies. Um, and I feel like it gets very disparate. Um, I, you know, I think I want to talk first about No Hard Feelings. Because I feel like okay. this could go huge. Yes. Or this could be an absolute tire fire. Uh, this uh, is Dr- Jennifer Lawrence. She stars as a cash-strapped Uber driver who is about to lose her child at home when she happens upon an easy money gig. She's hired by wealthy parents to seduce their dateless wonder of an introverted, nerdy 19-year-old son before he leaves for college. But the seduction may not be as easy as she thinks. Um, So this is Jennifer Lawrence in a comedy, which is jarring. It's interesting to see her. I think she's really good in it because I think she's really good as an actor. But I, I I, I keep getting stuck on like, wow, how did we get here? Like, did she want to do this? Did she feel like she had to do this? This also stars Matthew Broderick's hair, uh, which w- oh. is a mistake. And I don't know if it was his mistake or the director's. Uh, for for context, the premise is like f- the 40-year-old virgin 
but from the other perspective, from everybody it's else's really perspective. It's really failure to launch, isn't it? Yeah, I think a funnier version, uh, you have a better, instead of like Terry Bradshaw and his butt, you have Jennifer Lawrence, who's won Oscars, you know? Exactly. So part of me likes this because uh, it's the guy who, the writer-director is the guy who did Good Boys, which you liked, right. Good Boys, right? I never saw uh, it. It was pretty good. It was pretty it was good. Pretty if good. you like kids being uh, dirty with their mouths, uh, it's it's a fun hang. But if you don't, well, it's and this a trailer hang. was it was you know it was a red band trailer. That's right. Essentially, yes. and I liked the trailer and I like her in it. And the guy seems like he can hold his own. The nineteen year old that she's supposed to be dating yes. and making his life, you know, le- teaching him how to be independent. But I don't. I don't know. I, it, it's one of those things where I'm like, if the script is good, then she is only going to elevate it. But if the script is not good, the script is not good. It won't matter that Jennifer Lawrence is in it. Yeah, and, and the director you mentioned, uh, I think his name is Gene Stubnitsky or some yeah. version of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote uh, and directed on The Office, Bad Teacher, and Good Boys, like you mentioned. Um, it seems to have decent taste. He has a co-writer has who has no credit, so this is definitely his project. Um, I I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm hoping that her uh, Jennifer Lawrence's center of gravity is so strong that she can bring it. I would have liked more at uh, cousin from the bear is in this. I'm hoping there's more of him because I really do like him as an actor. Oh, yeah, I think it's Eben Moss, yeah, Bacharach, or Bacharach. something, yeah. Um, but he's really good, so I, I I'm really excited to see this. I think this is going to be a winner. And then the uh, you know the other one I had, I think it's going to be a winner in terms of money is the Flash, and this is one of those uh. where. Um, it, it's this is the movie that's meant to rationalize all the problematic stuff Ezra Miller has been doing before DC locked him up in a in a storage warehouse, basically. Um, I, the, we've seen the trailer. I think James Gunn has talked about the trailer and said really nice things about it. Um, it, it doesn't look terrible. I'll be honest with you. Uh, watching it today was the first time I'd, I'd uh, really like doubled down and like analyzed it. I feel pretty good about it, but I I, I think I'm willing to consider it. But I just want to know like are superhero stories now just time travel multiverse orgies and like we're at the logical conclusion of all story superhero storytelling yeah because michael shannon who is in this movie he said in an interview he was like i was surprised that they called me because i thought i died in man of steel that's right yeah and you did big dog and you did die so this is a lot so so now we know it's a beach house film for him because Mm. he was like yes and i know that the the hype is that we'll have michael keaton and ben affleck as batman as like appearing in the film, not like as yeah. a core plot device, but like I'm assuming not. But I don't know. I think it might be. Michael Keaton got the VO in it. I know. I just don't. I just don't. And listen, you know, this anytime David Zaslov, you know, who is for those who don't know, is the guy I hate that's running Warner Brothers now. That's right. He, he decided to turn HBO Max into Max and turn from purple to blue, uh, much to my uh, and far daddy's chagrin. And he's not really a fan of women, as, right? As, as just as like. People in the world. Yeah, and not like I, Jeff Shell at Comcast, who's a big fan of women. That, Too big of a fan, some would say. <laughs> I know. Again, I'm just – I'm working hard to try to figure out how we can have less men. I'm just saying that. But I – listen, Ezra Miller's – I mean, like, we're not talking about – we're talking about multiple arrest, uh-huh. grooming, and abuse. Like, I just yeah. don't know that this is the movie you're go- – but I guess you don't have any choice. This literally makes me think of Succession of, like, can you just make this movie come out and make it successful? Yeah. Can and I just give you some money honest, for Chris Patron and make it good, please? That's what there, that's what it feels like with Ezra Miller. And there are enough people that'll do, that it will just go. Yeah, like I'll go. I just yeah. have to see all the DC things, so I have to see it. I don't know. You know I don't like the, it. I, I bumped on a little bit the kid in the trailer who uh, in the flashback he turns into Flash. His running form is terrible. If you go back and look at the trailer, he run like there's no way he runs fast later right, on right, as an right. adult. Um, I, this did make me think. Um, of a uh, like a movie trope or, or theory that we've developed here recently, and it's it, uh, we'll call it the cheese in the mouse trap. 
And it feels like all these superhero movies are like big budget IP or whatever. They have the cheese in the mousetrap of the weird thing that's included that makes you have to go see it because yeah. it's the three other Spitterman in the Spiderman movie right. or the two old Batman in the Flash movie. All of them are including these weird cameos or these weird casting choices. And I think it's a weakness of storytelling because it's like we can't just get people to go see superhero movies anymore. We got to show them Michael Keaton as Batman and maybe that will motivate them. What? How do you feel about – because in June, speaking of Spiderman, we get Spiderman calling across the Spitteryverse. Yep. yep. Which I do That's love right. a title where it was – the first one was Into – uh-huh. And now it's across. Is that what do. we're doing now? Is that I how love we're phoning it? Very creative titles? and clever. Yeah. Um, I, I do like Miles, and that that is the Spitterverse I really like. So yeah, I actually Ford really Miller. enjoyed that one, and I love uh, it had uh, Haley Steinfeld and my favorite Peter B. Parker, uh, played by Jake Johnson. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I think they added uh, Oscar Isaac is going to be in this. Daniel Kaluuya and Issa Rae are going to show up, and I think there's not a ton of family friendly movie options I saw. Um, well, Pixar this, has a new Pixar has a new film. Which I know you're excited about because it's like water signs and fire signs. And you, it, this is a great time to transition to losers because if you don't want to talk about that, I'll talk about that. Oh, okay. Well, let me talk about my losers first. So I think everything in June that's coming out is a loser. So Asteroid City, loser. Listen, I just – I would rather watch the TikToks that are pretending to be Wes Anderson films <laughs> than this actual Wes Anderson film. I think that's the best thing to come out of Wes Anderson movies. That is the best the thing to come out of yeah. it. I also think that the losers – going to be Indiana Jones at 80 and his goddaughter go do stuff in Destiny. So, I'm also not in Listen, and I'm going to go see Am I going to go see it? 100% I'm going to go see it. Like, 100%. I, because I am going to see Phoebe Waller-Bridge be Indi- Indiana Jones' goddaughter and they do space race Cold War stuff. Like, of course I'm going to see it. But like, no, 80. Just, just retire for the love of a, you're ruining your legacy. You could have ended this like Robert Duvall, who's like, I make one movie every eight years and we're good to go. And now yep. we'll all be like, you know, Robert Duvall didn't, he didn't try to be something he wasn't when he was He 80. just did his thing, had that W Riz and just let it, let it run. You know, right. we all and, agree on that. And then my favorite, and then don't forget, we're getting Transformers, colon, uh-huh. Rise of the Beast. Okay, now that that violates one of our Stay Frosty Manifesto rules because is it a new chapter in a franchise that did not need a new chapter? This is that. Is it starring Anthony Ramos, who we don't like anymore because he cheated on Jasmine Hamilton? No, played the bell because we are not, we are not, ha- we are not hoping. And listen, why is Michelle Yeoh in this? Why Beach House? Is- this is she's getting Michelle, paid. Michelle, stop her. it right now. You, you know are- what? Because she took scale. She put like a hundred dollars in Walgreens gift cards and like a, <laughs> a, a twelve pack of Mountain Dew. So get her paid, please. This woman needs to get paid. Uh, did you mention that Pete Davidson's in this movie? Yeah, which is another what? violation of what the Stay Frost. That? Listen, I don't understand. Also, and I will say it, even though we've already brought it up, I do think you do not need to be watching Extraction 2 coming out on June 16th. We didn't know what to do. I don't want your life. Okay. (laughs) We did not want Extraction 1. We do not need Extraction 2. What is Chris Hemsworth doing? Whatever he wants, he's run. He's a he's a uh, running across Europe, presumably saving people. You know, it's like less interesting. Denzel, Man on yes. Fire. I don't know. I'm into I know. It. And one more. Listen, I do love that Ava Longoria is like. I'm going to make a film based on a Twitter thread. Okay. Which is about a businessman, Richard Montañez, who yes. uh, worked for Pepsi, and she's like, he invented hot Cheetos. So the movie is called Flame and Hot. It comes out June 9th on Hulu, and now it has been revealed by the LA Times that he lied and he did not. Yeah. Care. And she had already bought. The rights of the story and may and funded this film, and she was like, "Uh oh, that's not a true story anymore." <laughs> that is 
somebody needs to get fired pretty hard for oh, that. Oh, pretty know? hard. Like whatever researcher, but listen, maybe, maybe don't build a movie on a Twitter thread that you haven't verified the facts of. Do maybe you know don't do mean? that. Maybe, maybe don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, let me push back a little bit on Indiana Jones and the Doll of Destiny. Oh, no, please um, make a case for a movie that does not even include the original creator. Go ahead. I uh, I do know it has uh, Steve Spielberg's blessing. Uh, it's done by James Mangold. Because he's getting a, paid and he doesn't have to be there. Yeah, go sure. ahead. 100%. I, I'm interested. Look, they didn't land the plane with the uh, whatever, aliens in the fridge, nuclear bomb move, Kingdom version. Kingdom Crystal Skull thing. That one. Yeah. Yes. So I understand trying to wrap it up in an actually good way. I like the involvement of Phoebe Waller-Ridge. Don't know how much creative input she had or if this was like a straight acting role. Um, but I do think in the in the trailer, you can see there's a big tension of old versus new. You know, like space versus historical preservation, bullwhips versus guns, horses versus trains. I think that I think when um, these movies that aren't good, there's no really like galvanizing theme to the story. It's just like Andy does weird stuff. Yeah. But this feels like one of those. I'm not gonna say it's like Logan, you know, like with Wolverine. But it when there's a uh, definite, we're shutting this down here. I think that can give you some storytelling opportunities. So I'm hoping that they do something there. Here's my only sliver of light. I will give you this, is that they have started to finally admit that the goal is to pass the torch to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh, they but have admitted that? They have admitted it in an Interesting. interview. And so, because they're like, he's passing the torch to her. And I was like, oh, you're S James Mangold said it. And I was like, oh, he said it. And he doesn't, I think, and I do think they mean that in both the plot of this specific film. And I do think maybe depending on how it's received, it could be. So that would be the only reason why I would want it to be a huge success is because I would, I do, and because my affection for Phoebe Waller-Bridge knows no bounds because of Fleabag sure. season two. And so I would love to see her be like a huge, huge star and, and mainly stick it to her screenwriter partner who I do not like. And so I would love all of that to happen. Why don't you like her screenwriting partner? Well, he what did happened? the uh, billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. He's <gasps> oh, like Martin McDonough. Martin. Yeah. 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 You're right. I don't know. He I'm thinks he's top S word and I don't stay, like it. Stay in Europe. Okay. Don't come to America and tell us <laughs> how we live. Okay? Stay in Europe. That's Jeez. right. I don't like it. Elemental. I'll toss that in the loser pile. This just, this looks like someone You mean a fire sign and a water sign can't? Uh, the first of all, they're calling them fire signs and water signs. They're water people and fire people. See, you, it, can't honestly, you can't have sexual intercourse if you're a fire person with a water person because you'll die. I'm gonna be a uh, I'm gonna be uh, a courteous guy here. I'm gonna be a chivalrous guy, Jason. Don't do the clown music, okay? Don't do the clown music right Thank now. You. Um, because I had no idea, like I wasn't even associated with astrology. That's how silly astrology is. Well, I wasn't it's even, not. Like, it's not really astrology. They just used like earth, wind, and fire, and the other one. This what, honestly, I had really <laughs> wait. Wind big... is air. Okay, what are the four elements? Anybody know? This is you want to ask Chad GPT? Aaron, off the top of your head, what are the four elements? Earth, fire, water, and wind. Okay, so yeah, that's probably right. Earth. So yeah. is it like dirt? Yeah, dirt, dirt, okay. soil. Yeah, you know, just like the physical properties. For me, it looked like Inside Out and Zootopia had like a nepo baby. And they're like, let's turn this into a movie, but let's give it like a fourth of the budget and see what happens. It just, the visuals look terrible. The storytelling looks terrible. Yeah. It's got all the check boxes of like someone saying they want to leave home. A parent saying you can't leave home. Someone saying I want to change. And it's just like, it feels just very mailed in. And I feel like Pixar's on a, a little bit of a reverse heater right now. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know that this is going to be a correction, you know? Uh, in terms of Stay Frosty, I had, man, there were two... Super weirdo movies okay. that I, I wanted to talk about that 
in another time and place, I feel like they don't get made. But because of all the fixation on superhero stuff, they're getting made. And the first one is The Blackening. Um, yes. Man, this – so, like, the 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 premise is – because this is from the writer of Girl's Trip. It's uh, the guy who directed Barbershop. So those are good uh, uh, bona fides. Um, uh, basically, the, the premise is um, – it, it's working off the idea that the first like, the first person to die in like a horror movie um, is always the the black character, like the one black character. Right. So here in this story, an all black group of friends stays at a cabin in the woods, and there's this killer uh, who demands that in order to kill them in accordance with this trope, they have to rank their level of blackness so he knows which order he should kill them in, which is just a hilarious idea. Uh, the trailer's pretty funny and pretty clever. The only question I have. This feels like a good sketch idea. I don't know if it's a movie idea. Well, it so actually what, and out. that's literally where it came from. Was an improv really? comedy group did it as a short, like a short film, and uh, I think the group is called Three Pete. And then it was it was birthed into now Broad City started as a web series and High sure. Maintenance started as a tiny web series and then became a great TV series. So some things that are small can become big. Like oh, a hundred percent. This I mean, and look, the, the whole cabin in the woods or whatever, or I can't remember the Pete Davidson like Jen. Z movie a couple like a maybe oh bodies six, bodies bodies th- this feels like the same kind that. of thing you're yeah. in a place you can't get out someone's like messing with you or whatever I, the only request I have is I, I wish Nicole Byers was on this cast uh, oh, and I, yeah. I need there to be a famous black actor cameo uh, and they show up and they die immediately they get killed immediately that's just oh I hope that is here. that should absolutely happen the Drew yeah, Barrymore. Of, I loved this. I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Like Lizzo. Trip. Lizzo should show oh, up. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. And die 100%. immediately. I will say my Stay Frosty, and I'm not proud of this, but I, it's because of my love for dog videos. There I don't we go. Like dogs. This is my other Stay Frosty. Is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Strays, which comes out June 9th. And my favorite was the tagline What if the adorable talking animals from Homeward Bound were actually just foul mouthed little misfits bent on revenge? <laughs> This and is I like dirtbag Toy Story, but dogs. Yes, you know? and like like it's such an array of weirdo dogs. I loved it. Like the voices, everything. Which about one it. clinched it? Like what casting choice or voice casting choice clinched it for you? Oh, it's Will Forte as Doug. Will Forte <laughs> in this. He is such. He kind of is playing guy from Last Man on Earth a little bit, but with more right. of an edge. And Will Ferrell as like the uh, the the main protagonist voice. Yes, it, that's an excellent use of Will Forte because uh, he is Jamie a romantic Fox. list. Jamie Fox is Jamie in this. Fox is really nice. Jamie Fox is really nice. yeah. Isla Fish. You got Randall Park. You got Josh Gad in this as well. I think it's done by Josh Greenbaum who did one of the Jump Street movies. But it, again, another summer comedy that I feel good about. But it has one of my favorite things that dogs do, which is when they see each other or then when they see themselves in the mirror. And they act like a bad A to themselves because yes. they're like, what, what, what? Like Bruce does that a lot at our house. And it's just my favorite recurring thing. Oh, is it? I, I do like that Dennis Quaid is in this movie as himself. God, good stuff there. Good I know. Stuff. And this is Lord and Miller. They're, they didn't write or direct this, but they did. This was part of their first look deal at Universal. Uh-huh. And so they are producing this. So that encourages right. me like just because it does feel like they're the kind of producers that are a little more like, hey, we have some good ideas. Yeah. Like this isn't just because I always feel like J.J. Abrams is just like rubber stamping his executive producer. I think there's like, a there's a definite formula formulaicness to J.J. Abrams. Yes. Where I feel like Lord Miller will let it run and see what happens. That's right. To their, that's right. To their detriment sometimes, but sometimes not. Um, Padre Pio, I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. It's coming out. That's Shia LaBeouf's return. 
So yeah. just keep the tabs. Just keep the tabs on just it. Hopeful. Hopeful. Who knows? Who he's, knows? He's with Mia Goth still. So I hope she gets her eyebrows back if she wants. You know, her body, her choice. And I think she doesn't. Cool. I think she's like, I look. I do better now without my eyebrows. It's, I get more jobs. It's crazy, man. It's crazy, but good for her. Good for yeah. her and her life. Yeah. Uh, you want to move to July and do some winners? Yes. Yeah, so I think the obvious. We don't even have to like deep, deep dive it, but I do think Barbie is going to be. One, of, I mean, probably the biggest film of the summer. The reaction to just the initial trailers. This is one of the most star-studded ensembles where where big stars took very tiny roles in this just to be a part of it. The fact that at CinemaCon, which CinemaCon is like, uh, it's where all the theater owners come and like the you know everybody pitches their films, and the fact that Ryan Gosling walked that carpet with a T-shirt that said Greta Gerwig in the Barbie font. And he's just all in. Like, he's showing up everywhere. He's like, I'm going to sell the S word out of this film because I loved being a part of it so, so much. And so I think it comes out July 21st. We'll all be there. Because I think we're going to be surprised how deep and how, like, nuanced the film is. Yep. And it's actually going to shock us. And I think we're going to love it. Like, love This is – I've I've put all my chips in the table. I've taken off my my Jordans, my my watch – my glasses, I've got it all in on this movie. Yeah. So I, I I have no choice but to hope for the best for this movie. That's right. So. And and then interestingly enough, the exact same day comes a film that I think normally we would, if you go back to your rules of like, who's a director you love? I have always loved Christopher Nolan, even Tenet, which made me real mad. But I stand by that if I understood Tenet, it was a great film. Like otherwise, but I did not. This understand is you're it. doing the same thing you do with Benedict Cumberbatch. No, it was not no, a good movie. But that's he is not attractive. Person. That comes from a pure place, and so does this. There but, has to be some truth in the world, guys. No, we have to. Listen, we have to. I decide. I researched it. Um, Oppenheimer comes out. So this is, and really, what was interesting is Christopher Nolan, director. He had been at Warner Brothers forever, and then they because they turned because David Zaslav was like. No more. Your movie can be in the theaters 10 days, and then it's got to come to max. And Christopher Nolan was like, absolutely not. Like, I make movies for theaters. That's where they're going to go. We can't have a discussion. And so he had to shop this film, and he had to do it on a very reduced budget. Like, for a Christopher Nolan film to only cost $100 million, you got to have a good script and good acting, right? So this is based on um, the Manhattan Project. Mm -hmm. Uh, Killian Murphy is playing the atom bomb. Uh, developer in World War II. And I just have such hope. I have such hope. I have such you hope. You know, the, uh, the, um, the cast is really interesting. It's one of those, like, it's kind of like Asteroid City or like um, Elegant, Fast and the Furious. There's just all the people are in it, right? Like yeah. I even saw, there's a Josh Peck sighting in the trailer. Jack Quaid's oh, in this. Right. Yes. Uh, all the people are in this. Killian Murphy, he is one of those people who, number one, I'm never confident I'm saying his name correct. Number two, um, I don't know how he's not a bigger deal because I think he's just incredible. He's such a presence. His face oh. is like a whole vibe. Um, obviously, he's incredible in Peaky Fookin' Blinders. Um, His so face is I hot, just, too. He's very hot. He's got a hot, like, inaccessible. He'll always be, like, emotionally withdrawing from oh, you. Oh, yeah. He's, he's disappointed in you all the time, yeah. and I'm very into that. Or maybe he's ecstatic with you. You're just never going to know. You don't know. know. You don't know. You don't know. But this, I, I can't wait for that story. And I think, honestly, uh, Christopher Nolan not getting all the money he needs might be the best thing for him, you know? Maybe because it, he's it like, hey, David Zaslav, I want to set off like a like a nuke, you know, just like a hydrogen atom bomb just for the visuals for this movie. And yes. people are like, oh, man, I don't know about that. But he went ahead and did it anyway. That's right. So the other film, I will say, that is an unexpected, but the early reviews of it are so 
like big and loud and proud is the movie Joyride, which comes uh-huh. out July 7th. Now, this is it's a it's a girl's trip vibe of like it's a flashback to the 1990s when these best friends, uh, Lolo and Audrey, played by Sherry Cola and Ashley Park. Ashley Park, who love that she is just like zooming to the top of everything. She was great in beef. She was obviously in uh, Emily in Paris. Uh, and she was better than uh, Lily Collins could ever be. And they meet in a town called White Hills, which is m- m- named after how the type of people that live there, they're white. And they connect because they're the only two Chinese American kids around. And then Audrey, who'd been adopted by white parents, they they kind of get along and grow up together and it's great. But then there is a trip that they all take with two other friends. Stephanie Sue is in this, which we love, and who was in Everywhere, Everything, All at Once, Everybody, Everything, Every, you know. All All the the people, all the places, all the bagels, (laughs) all all at once. Yeah, I know. And like Lolo's cousin is in it, who is uh, Sabrina Wu, who's a great comedian. And it's like a raunchy comedy. The trailer was a, the trailer itself is a fun delight. And so I'm very, I love a girl's film, so I'm very on board. Especially I love a raunchy girl's film, so I'm sure. very excited about this. So, um, You know, I'll toss in um, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning uh, in the winner's list. <sighs> no, absolutely no. not. You listen, don't think no it's going to win. No, this is going to be a huge success, and I'm going to see okay. it on opening day. I'm going to see, I lo- listen, I love Mission Impossible. I even love the one with uh, Tandaway Newton and Doug yeah. Ray Scott, and it's garbage. It it's is not a great. horrible film, and I love it. I, Ethan Hunt? Has I've had my whole heart in Ethan Hunt for twenty years. This now I is- do feel like you gave a thesis statement on what you expect out of spy movies at the beginning of this episode, and I do believe that no, the it Mission Impossible movies do accomplish no, everything. They do, for. but oh, here's what I don't like. It's weird. I don't like that it's a part one. I wow. don't like that. I don't like movies that are like, "Hope you enjoyed that. See you next year." I <laughs> don't like that. I don't like yeah. when I have to wait week to week for a TV show. You, I definitely don't like when I have to wait a year for another. Like just, just make the one movie. Like just, just make, make the it one super movie. long, or make the one movie, and then a month later have the other part come out. You filmed it all at the same time. I know why you're sure. doing this. I know why you're doing it, and I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, just getting that, getting that cash. But I'm gonna see the heck out of this movie. Oh no, think... I'm gonna see the heck out of it. Haley Atwell. Uh, we're getting Rob Delaney in this. Like, do you think that um, this or Barbie will make more money? Oh, Barbie. Barbie will make more money. Like, so you seem like significantly more money. No, maybe oh. not significantly, but I do think Barbie, whereas Mission Impossible, I think, does have a female audience. I'm not saying it sure. does because I'm, I'm one of them, but I don't think it's something that, like, the people that went to see Book Club 2 set yeah. in Italy, uh-huh. the, the people that saw that in May, they're not going to see Mission Impossible. They are 100% going to see Barbie. And I think men, once they hear what Barbie is about, and because of Ryan Gosling and Simu Liu, like all the Don't players. Don't forget and- Michael Sarah's Alan, please. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think that men will be like, no, I want to go to see this too. Like, and they'll be, they'll, they'll be like casual about it. They're like, I mean, like, I love you, baby. You want to go see Barbie? I want to honor see, you. That's what, I can't figure it out because I, I don't know that I agree or disagree with you. I'm trying to understand, like, do I think guys will go see Barbie just objectively? Like, I'm definitely going to see Barbie, right? But, like, the regular average, I don't see a ton of movies, you know, is that event enough for someone to go? I I don't know, but I think you're right. Like, there's a female audience for Mission Impossible. Even more, I think women are used to just kind of seeing lots of different genres, whereas dudes are like, no, I only see the Fast and the Furious, Mission Impossible, and that's in Cargo Pant All-Star And Kandahar with Gerard Butler. My favorite actor, (laughs) Gerard Butler. So I don't 
know because I know historically Mission Impossible movies don't make a ton of money, like Top Gun um, uh, or uh, uh, the the Top Gun sequel. But I don't, you know, Greta Gerwig movies don't necessarily make a ton of movies or money either. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like that'd be a really interesting. Well, I do think she will benefit from the Little Women bump, where women will go, "I'm going to go see this no matter what." And I do think, for the most part. I, like, and this is based anecdotally. I do think women often influence the date night movie more than the men do. Probably, but I don't think the other is set. Like the the other woman is like, I went and saw Kandahar. That's all you get. Like that yeah. was the gift for today. Thank you. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. I you know I, in Mission Impossible, I like that Shea Wiggum's in it. That makes me very happy because he's one of my favorite character actors. Oh, that's true. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. I do like that. People are always telling Ethan that he's fighting for an idea that doesn't exist anymore, and he can't trust anybody. Listen, and he just stays in the spy game. Listen, he just that, keeps the CIA hasn't existed for twenty years in this franchise. Like, it's so weird. Where's his base of operations? Like, who does he speak to? Who pays him? The fact him? that they made and wanted this is the seventh film, and the fact that they had him marry what's her face that just plays mm-hmm. a wife and everything she's in. Yeah. Um. They had her marry, and then they were like Michelle Monaghan. Monaghan. Michelle right. Monaghan. Yeah. And then they were like, No, no, we can't have Ethan married. Because he has all the sexual tension with Rebecca Ferguson. Because does he uh, though? Because no, Rebecca Ferguson, Ferguson, the Swedish Nightingale has sexual tension with everybody. With everybody, but he doesn't with uh, with her. They're going to kill Swedish Nightingale off, aren't they? They, they have, have to. to. They have to because Tom Cruise does not want her getting more attention. That's why he no longer speaks to Jennifer Connelly. Although their chemistry in Top Gun: Colin Maverick, don't do this. Don't could revise be measured, history. Could be measured on a scale of zero to negative okay. one hundred, and it would still not meet the scale because it's negative one hundred and twenty. That's a, that's you're exactly right. There's a good chance Tom Cruise thinks sex is laughing. Sweet, uh, the Swedish Nightingale in this trailer. She, do you remember the alien in Independence Day when it was just like release me, like kill me, basically? And they killed him because he was sad that he got captured. That's what she looks like in this film. She's like, please no, just let me out of this. You're not true. giving me anything to that's do. That's true. Um, I did like they got two wide shots of Tom Cruise sprinting, like really wide shots of him sprinting like in a desert on a railroad, and also like Listen, through a Parisian I watched a nine minute venue. behind the scenes of how they film this thing where he jumps off a cliff and has a he's on a motorcycle i watched the whole thing because i was like i do want to know how they made this i do want to hear what you think about this christopher mcquarrie i love it tell me more he jumps off a gd mountain (laughs) and i thought i'm surprised it's not erupting and it's tom cruise y'all it's not a stunt double it's tom cruise i think do you think he's like i'm not going to be happy until i die acting in a movie that's how i go oh i think that is absolutely his preferred way to go 100 i think it is i think it is um okay so losers man this was like kind of easy but kind of hard because there's so many loser movies uh the equalizer three is coming out did you know that no what it's it's denzel it's antoine fuqua the trailer looks like when you vhs vhs tape something in the 90s and you rent a vhs to watch or vcr to watch it again it just looks terrible and i don't understand it's like a clip show thing uh meg 2 colon the trench which is just the worst <laughs> collision of creative ideas i've ever heard in my life um and even like the synopsis in one of the places i read it says we don't really know a lot about the plug of meg 2 the plot of meg 2 but it's probably about a presumed in- uh extinct ancient shark and it's back and i thought well that's Pretty accurate, but also kind of a letdown, you know, because right. let's give that shark a backstory or something. Yeah, exactly. Know. Do you have any stay frosties for July? I do have a couple. So first of all, and I've already seen this film because I watch it on and that is Theater Camp that comes out July 14th. <laughs> Listen to me, Aaron. This is the movie that was made in a lab for you and Evan Dodson. I'm so excited. Listen, so it is. <laughs> my favorite thing is 10 for 2. 
which is 10 months. We're living 10 months of the year as outcasts in our own high schools so that we can live for the two months of theater camp. Wow. Uh, so it stars, and it stars the star, like the ideal. We've got Amy Sedaris. We've got Ben Platt. Like we've got so many potential beautiful Broadway stars. Um, it's a 94-minute running time. You know we love that. Oh, that's um, nice. It's very... It takes all the theater cliches and makes them lovable and adorable and hilarious. It's a very good film. And then I'm also very excited about uh, They Cloned Tyrone. That's on my list as well. Uh, The trailer is really, really clever, I thought. It's so clever. Okay. Why I love this is this movie is, it's supposed to be a take on kind of the Gordon Parks Jr. film of the 70s where Mm -hmm. you finally... Blacks rise up against white supremacists. I'm so glad that the story is still relevant uh, 50 years later, um, <laughs> unfortunately. So it, it's this movie is Creed 2 writer, Jewel Taylor. Mm-hmm. Don't love mm-hmm. that because I felt like Creed 2 was the weakest of the Creeds. Uh, still fine. Still fine. But yeah, I agree with you. That's right. But this is Tiana Paris, John Boyega, and Jamie Foxx as this butt-kicking trio taking on white supremacists, particularly like, I guess it's just instead of, uh, it's about cloning instead of like poisoned water, like uh, Gordon Parks would have done. So I'm very excited about that. Like sci-fi comedy is like one of my favorites. Like I just, I love anything that's like sci-fi comedy, action comedy, horror comedy. I like any movie genre that says, hey, let's also like make this fun. And that's what this does. So I'm looking forward to that. Using, I I don't know how Kiefer Sutherland factors in. But if it's villainous, I oh, think that's smart. It's white supremacist, right? Probably feels very on feels brand for very him. Very on brand. Not, <laughs> but I mean, think, we don't know if he's a white supremacist. No, he but just, he plays white supremacist very well. That's right. Like uh, Boyd Holbrook. Uh, what's the movie he plays a white supremacist in? It's like, he's, well, that that's it's just a good the, look for it's you. It's the you one, know? the Time to Kill. Time to Kill. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's and right. There, there's even one coming. No, it's Indiana Jones. He plays like a Nazi in uh, Indiana Jones. No, it's like that's too, some people what? just have the look. I'm sorry. You know? If you've played a Nazi twice, shame on us for not thinking you're a Nazi. It's not great. Look, we just we all have looks. I've always said I look like someone who Black Panther beats up in like one punch. You know, like that's just how I look, and that's just like what it is. And it's just like it's unfortunate. It's just what it is. Um, I John Boyega. I think secretly, if I was like a stockbroker and I could buy on futures of actors, he's someone I'd be really buying up. Because I feel like he's making really good choices. He's not burdened by Star Wars anymore. And I think he's a I'm really like Daisy performer. Ray. I'm like Daisy Ray. Unlike Daisy Ray. Which, did you read the Damon Lindelof Esquire yes. interview? What? Where he was asked to leave Star Wars? <gasps> Holy yes. Lord. And he had it built around an older Daisy. But they were like, what if we didn't do that and just did like the same boring, stupid thing we've always been doing? Anyways, Jamie Foxx, I feel like is electric. I really like the tone and the vibe. And I feel like they're using the influence of the 70s. Yes. On this movie, yes, but also made in a very creative, modern way. So, I like that. Uh, good job at them. Listen, you say you could be bl- you're the cliche of being beaten up by Black Panther. Do you think uh-huh. I'm like the cliche of like a sex worker who has time in her hands and keeps up with what's going no. on in the neighborhood? Nope. That's <laughs> do you, Aaron? Do you think that's what I am? I, I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Oh, she does. The, she the, does think that's the what truest I am. thing Aaron's ever said. You know, <laughs> it actually is the truest. Thing <laughs> <laughs> right now, she's looking at Rothy's because she got an email from Rothy's. She's like, "We love Rothy. We literally yep. that is an ad. We do really love Rothy's." So yeah, yeah. Um, the other film, Biosphere. How you feeling? Did you see that? I didn't see enough, so I, I wasn't sure if it was still coming out. The Duplass Brothers was interesting, but I didn't know how developed it was. Sterling so, K. Brown, I like him in anything. It's, it's directed by Mel Eslin, which is a debut, and co-wrote it with Mark Duplass. Mm-hmm. And it's two men exist in a biodome together potentially forever. The world outside has faced widespread devastation 
uh, they're mankind's last chance for, for what? Two men, please. Worry. Yeah. Um, but they say that it's like one of those films that's super weird, but that like if it's your kind of weird, you'll love it. But if it's not, you won't. And I do want good things for Sterling Brown. I do want him out from under that Mandy Moore umbrella. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I want him to have success. Like, I really do. So Yeah, I uh, I, I think I, uh, given the last, uh, second season of Industry on HBO, uh, I am officially, my flag flies for Jay Duplass, not Mark Duplass. <gasps> okay, interesting. Which I didn't, that's not usually where I was, but that's officially where I am now. Um, okay. So I'm interested to Good watch to him. I, I don't know if he's prominently involved, but I'll keep tabs on that. Any other uh, movies you want to hit before we wrap up? Okay. Well, that is our conversation on the summer movie preview. Um, I feel really good about our advice. And I feel like we're going to have a perfect record next year when we revisit this. Will so we? just like, I don't think we I will. will. 100% perfect record. <sighs> if you have thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Noxstream.com slash 503. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right, what are what is your red light this week? My red light this week is concert goers, specifically concert goers who are bored to be at the pop concert that they are at. So Erin and I, Erin posted some videos on her Instagram of us at the Eras Tour. Indy was also there. Uh, Evan is has gone to the Eras Tour. He's going again, I think, this weekend. And someone DM'd me when Erin posted those videos and said, "Hey, it looks like the folks behind you were annoyed." about being at the Taylor Swift concert. Yes, Ellie, I do think they were annoyed because apparently it was really easy for them to get to go to the Eras Tour, unlike the rest of us who had to work for months thinking about planning and plotting how to get even in the building and then how to get to your seat, how to enjoy it, what to wear, what kind of friendship bracelets to make. We talked about this in The More You Know this week. Aaron and I both talked about our experience. But like, hey, if you go to a pop con, I get if you're going to see Yo-Yo Ma that you're going to have a certain vibe about you at Yo-Yo Ma, okay? But if you're at a pop concert, you you got to come ready to have a good time. And you are not, for even a second, going to make the rest of us feel bad for having a good time. As long as we're respectful, as long as we dance in our own seat, as long as we don't punch at people and that we don't scream at people. Like, I, I just don't understand why people are not having a good time. Also, Red light to artists planning concerts, and this is specific to Switchfoot. I do hope you're listening. Do not plan the 20th anniversary of your iconic album, The Beautiful Letdown, and then pick a venue in Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama that has no seats. Who do you think loved that album 20 years ago? People over 40 now. And we want chairs. We want chairs. We want chairs. Okay, what's your red light? Uh, my red light this week, Jamie, is um, – I don't know if you saw this. Hopefully you have a Google Earth set up, but I'll assume you won't. Okay. Um, uh, Dodgeball 2 has been greenlit what? What? and is being uh, it's in production it's in with development with double v that uh, is attached he uh, it's his idea uh, that is being written by Jordan Vandina. Um, he will stay on to produce. He will also act in the movie. Uh, Jordan Vandina, I didn't know who that was. He did the 48 now uh, 48 hours in Vegas Dennis Rodman spec that was Jonathan Majors. Now it's not Jonathan Majors, but it's it was uh, Lord Miller are attached with that project. So he's He's a decent writer. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Yes. Um, they said they're unclear who's going to return. So my red light isn't about Dodgeball 2 being in production. Yeah, because it developed. sounds positive. It, it, this is incredible. I am just red lighting. Like, I don't want to get my hopes up and this not happen or this just get forgotten. Like, I feel like if you're announcing it, it has to happen and it has to be incredible. So I just, I, I, I'm holding this loosely in my hand. I need Jason Bateman back. As one of the judges, I feel like that's oh, very important to me. He was you know? iconic in that role. Yeah, because Jason and Waterfalls and I were talking about this during the draft. Jason Bateman had a lot of lean years, you know, when it wasn't popping off oh, for yeah. him. 
uh, like during like in Smoke and Aces, where he played like a like a lawyer with herpes on his lip. Jason reminded me of that. So it's fun to watch him when it wasn't like kill like when he wasn't killing the game. But I feel like that's important to come back. But I'm thinking like I want maybe like average Joe's and so average anymore. It's like a mega mega corporation kind of deal. And Vince Vaughn's character gets ousted by like shareholders, you know, uh, because he's like a man of the people. But they want like someone who's going to increase shareholder value. And so now that he's like on his own again, he has to team up with none other than White Goodman to build a new gym to challenge. Oh, I feel like that could be fun. That no, could that could totally be fun. Know? Listen, Dodgeball is an underrated, excellent film. It, it, really it really is. It really is. I mean that. It really is. Because I watched the it Lance because Armstrong of you. stuff does not hold up well uh, no. because well, that's pre. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> we didn't, but we did, but we just didn't want to admit it. And that's no, we okay. Didn't. Yeah. Because of Live Strong. Because of Live Strong. It's, uh, I, I had a bracelet just like everybody else. You know, yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Uh, what's your green light this week? Well, my green light this week is in the midst of going to see Taylor Swift. I also made it a priority to finally, because, you know, I was nervous. I talked about it in a previous episode. I was nervous about seeing the new film, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, because. The book is iconic. I actually said that the book is iconic and someone DM'd and said, how do you de- how do you define iconic? You know how I define iconic, Gary? I define iconic as selling 25 million more copies than Anne of Green Gables. Sure. I define iconic as, tw- as selling twice as many copies as To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay? <laughs> That's what I define as iconic. Okay? It, it, so- it sold 80 million copies. That's J.K. Rowling territory, by the way. But this... I was nervous because I didn't want it to be ruined. And also, any book written in 1970 is going to have some uh, changes needed, you know, and they did it beautifully. Judy Blume had said in an interview that she thought the movie was better than her book, and she is right. Like, it is better than the book. And let me tell you, the secret sauce in this is not only the the girl that plays uh, Margaret, but it is Rachel McAdams as the mom. She makes a mom character, as all moms are, layered nuanced, complicated, doing their best, but also failing at it sometimes and succeeding sometimes. I didn't realize till after, and this goes back to your testament about like, if you like a writer or a director, like support them and you know that you'll have a good chance of liking it. This was written and directed by the Edge of Seventeen's Kelly Freeman Craig. And we loved that film. And uh, and so she does the religious component. She really pays attention to, which I thought was really interesting because obviously Margaret, if you've read the book, Margaret has a Christian mom and a Jewish dad. And she herself is trying to decide. And I thought it was really lovely. Erin and I had lots of conversations on the drive back and forth to Atlanta about like when children are trying to find their way and their faith and how it's really fascinating to see how they wrestle with that process. And a lot of parents don't let you wrestle with that on your own when you're 12 and 13 and 14, which I think it's really lovely to see how that pans out. But listen, she's great. She, everything about it was nuanced and fabulous. I think it is for sure a movie that you should see with your daughter. And here is why I looked on common sense media. They recommend it for girls 11 and older, because obviously they're talking about lots of puberty things and romance and religion. And it, you know, it, but I think it's such a beautiful, there were so many, moms and daughters in the theater and it's mother's day coming up i think it's a perfect kind of may film to spend with your mom i plan to take i plan to go back and see it again I plan to take my girlfriends because i think it's also a fun if you if you grew up in the 70s or 80s like and you've ever read this book you will love this okay what's your green light um my green light is uh, a comedy special on netflix 
uh, called Baby J by John Mulaney. <gasps> so good. Uh, this is, you know, I've always been late, not late to the party on his stand-up, but I've never been someone who's like waiting for it, watches it as soon as it comes out. Um, but I, I saw that this was coming out and I made plans to watch it because I was so interested with how he's going to handle the realities of his life, his uh, change in marital status, uh, his rehab, um, and dealing with his drug habit. Um, but he handles it in the most hilarious but vulnerable way. Uh, it's very centered. It's very focused, very introspective, but also so perfectly mined for comedy. It's just a reminder that the great performers are, are really great at the details. And I think some comedians can get to a certain point and just kind of rely on the vibes. Yeah. But I think the really great ones will take something and dissect it and, you know, strip it from tail to nose or hooves or however you strip an animal. Um, but that's what John Mulaney does here. Um, he does this bit about being a kid and wanting attention in the form of grandparent dying. And he talks about how he had a grandparent, but they died during the summer, so he couldn't get the attention from school. And it yes. was useless to him, and it's so freaking funny. Um, but I absolutely loved it. He talks about his intervention, talks about his drug dealer, talks about his shady doctor he used to get prescriptions. Also clever, also fun. Uh, and I think he – the only part that uh, – it's not even a criticism. He really um, flew close to unpacking – the idea of like parasocial likability yes. and how you get caught in the trap of like people only see the good side of you and they don't know like the complexity of you or even like the crappy parts. Um, so maybe that's a future uh, topic of conversation for him. Um, but I absolutely love this. And I think most people, uh, if you check it out on Netflix, you you will like it as well. It's actually stunning because as someone who has loved John Mulaney a long time and his stand up and, you know, all of his things that he's done. I love this because this made him into my favorite type of comedian, which is the storytelling comedian where mm -hmm. you really do become the Neil Brennan or the uh, Mike Birbiglia because you're telling this kind of cohesive, everything goes together so beautifully. And we wanted to make John Mulaney this certain thing. And he tells us in this special that he's been using drugs since he was 14. We forget he this special is talking about him going to rehab in December of 2020. And in reality, he had been in rehab in September of 2020 and mm -hmm. got out, hosted SNL and had a relapse mm -hmm. and had this really any, I like how he talks about his intervention of like this famous, he said, I had the most famous intervention. It's a great room. Of it's all a great time. room. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like Nick Kroll, Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, Seth Meyers, Natasha Leone, like, <laughs> It was that whole bit was great. It's a it's a fantastic special. And I think somebody one reviewer said, I think he was too hard on past John. No, he wasn't. <laughs> as somebody has had a family member actively and really just really struggling in addiction. Like it's not that he was brutal to him, but it was like he wasn't ever help taking the help yeah. that he was being offered and he was being enabled by so many people in his life. You know, I, I just think it's not that you have to be hard on the addict because the mm -hmm. addiction itself and the doctor, listen, who he's hard on and who he should have been hard on was yeah. the doctor who kept yeah. providing him with prescriptions without any illnesses. You know, that's the person that I, and I hope that guy had his license revoked. I really do. Cause addiction is her addiction is horrific on the addict and yeah. everyone around the addict. And so it deserves this kind of spotlight. That's critical. It does. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, he, because uh, I think he's just very realistic about it. And there's a moment in the stand up where he says, um, and if you, th you probably think this story is obnoxious and terrible and embarrassing, but just remember, this is one of the ones I'm okay with telling you. 
you know, there's so many more I'm not okay with telling you. So I felt like it was a really honest um, and encouraging way to handle addiction. So good for him. Uh, I encourage everybody to check it out as well. Um, All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And before you go, remember anytime to do shopping on Amazon, make sure you're on Amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So you purchase your affiliate link. If I'm using that link this week was Jamie, just five pounds of potatoes. Listen, I'm always fascinated by the fact that you can buy produce on Amazon. This has 1400 global ratings 4.6 stars but i will tell you there are two one star reviews that were very dissatisfied first carmen wrote uh the produce rots within two days i gave it one star because i had something that needs to be because i think something needs to be done about the produce and i everything shouldn't rot after two days again you're you're not ordering from the grocery store <laughs> you're ordering from uh, uh from amazon and then yeah. ek wrote i know russet potatoes are not perfect why you gotta come after russet potatoes god what did you do you but this time was too bad. Half the bag went to trash. Listen, if you're not throwing away half your potatoes in a bag, we all are buying five pounds of lemons and yeah. oranges, and half of them are going in the trash. We're yeah. never showing up for Three all of the Three of them just sit in the fridge forever, and you know you should use them, but you don't. And that's that's okay. exactly right. Okay, you guys, before we go, I do want to mention that coming out this week on Netflix, this is not an ad. It sounds like an ad. It's not. It's an ad for us. Is Queen Charlotte colon a Bridgerton story. It comes out this week. And this month in May on our Patreon, we are doing our pilot program episode where we watch the first episode of a new show coming out and we do a deep dive on it. And Knox selected Queen Charlotte on his own without my influence. By the way, this is already uh, has uh, almost 20 reviews. It's 94%. Oh, Rock good. Tomatoes. Good. It makes me very encouraged. So that comes out this Friday. So you can go to notsandjamie.com slash Patreon and become a supporter. You can also sign up for our newsletter if you'd like at knoxandjamie.com slash newsletter. Note for the audio comes out every Friday. I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox Coy. You can find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Every spring, I'm reminded that there's nothing like a fresh start in spring cleaning. This year, we're taking things one step further with our spring refresh at the McCoy House. Sure, it's been a lot of work to get here, but we're all so excited to settle into our new space. If you've ever moved before, you know there's nothing like the first night in a new room and the difference that soft, breathable, all-new bedding can make. Bowl and Branches signature sheets are the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep and are designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton and feel incredible on night one, yet they still get softer with every single wash bowl and branch very kindly sent us a code to try out their sheets and i and by i i mean my wife ashley picked the signature hemmed sheet set in cream we both were so impressed that the quality and softness were so good and so nice they were super breathable which i'm also thankful for with summer just around the corner sleep better with the softest most breathable bedding from bowl and branch go to bowlandbranch.com slash podcast for 15 percent off your first sheet set plus free shipping that's bowl and branch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com slash podcast for 15% off exclusion supply. See site for details.